Come on, you yellows. Flying high below this Wembley archway sky today. Welcome to the original, the Talker United Yellow Army podcast brought to you each week by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes of the Herald Express and Devon Live. We'll talk you through the latest news from Plainmore. We'll chat to the people making the news around the club. You can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, on Spotify and on iTunes. Welcome to another Yellow Army podcast. We're sitting in the car at Seal Hain, the mobile studio. David is riding shotgun. (laughs) David Thomas riding shotgun. Welcome, Dave. David is riding shotgun. Good morning, all. Good to Uh, see you. It's FA Cup week, that won't have escaped your notice, and we've got, we've got a packed podcast this And who week. are we playing? And who's who are they managed by? Wimburn. Wimburn. Wimburn, um, and managed by Tim Sills. Yep. On the podcast this week, we talked to Gary Johnson, as we always do. We talked to Tim Sills, we talked to Dave Thomas. It's a big podcast this week. It's going to be a long one, I think. Julian, get your record books out. <laughs> yeah. So what I think we should do, I think we should probably go to Tim Sills first because, oh, okay. um, because we then shaking it up, Dave. We then move on to say to Gary <laughs> Johnson, I talked to Tim Sills yesterday, yeah. so it'll make no sense at all if we do. So I think we should do a chat with, that we had yesterday with Tim Sills uh, about Wimborne, about the season they're having, yep. and about what Talker United and their fans can expect when they get and up there. And then we'll go straight into Gary. We'll have a little chat in between. Okay. So we'll be right. back with you on the other side of Tim Sills. Oh, I see why you did that now. You only wanted to do that. Looking ahead to Saturday, obviously, I'm not going to ask the stupid question about divided loyalties because you're a professional sportsman, but you must have been pretty pleased when the draw came out. Yeah, you know, I think um, when you look at it at this stage of the FA Cup, you either want one of two things. You either want to you know, try and get a, a bit of an easier passage and try and get to that first round proper, um, you know, which is kind of the holy grail for teams at our <laughs> yeah. level. Or, you know, otherwise you want a big team that's in the competition coming in at this stage, um, ideally at home. And for me, yeah, I mean, obviously the biggest team that comes into the competition is is Torquay United. Um, And, you know, personally and in terms of actual club size. And so, uh, yeah, it was the dream draw when it came out. Excellent. It's a long competition, this FA Cup, isn't it? it? It goes a long way before the league teams come in. Yeah, that's it. I think, you know, we've got to win five games to get to the first round proper and um, I remember doing it with, with Camberley Town when I was what 19 years old and we won six games and got to the first round proper um, and it doesn't very yeah it doesn't happen very often when you're at this level that teams get that far and um, you know before the competition started I spoke to my players about the potential for you know making memories that's what the, the yeah. FA Cup's all about especially at our level and um, luckily we've got a chance to really make some good ones on, on Saturday what sort of memories have you got of the FA Cup going back, Tim? I know you were part of the Torquay team that um, beat Gary Johnson's Yeovil a little while ago. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's, I mean, it's been very good to me. Like I say, when I was 19, we, we won six games and for the only time in Camberley's history, we got to the first round proper and got Brentford away, which was, again, the, the ideal draw at the time. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you know, we did the same sort of thing with Basingstoke and then um, got to the third round about I think I got to third round three times and never quite got that big draw um, talking we even got to the fourth round after beating Blackpool which again was one of the, the best memories of the FA Cup because that was yeah. a bit of a giant killing and yeah just uh, you're then in the lap of the gods of trying to put out a, a really big draw but um, 
but yeah, you know, it's 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 been really good to me, and there's been some um, some of my best memories are from the FA Cup. Is it still an exciting competition for you after all? You know, the years that you've played and managed in it, do you still get that kind of buzz from the FA Cup? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, people talk about whether the magic's kind of dissipated over the years, but again, absolutely not for me. Um, you know, for me growing up, that was why. My ambition was was always more to play at Wembley than it was to become a professional footballer because of watching the FA Cup yeah. final as a lad and you know being a whole day thing and um, the, the you know the stories it brought up as you know when I was younger I remember Sutton beating Coventry who'd won the FA Cup the year before and yeah just some of the incredible stories that it that it brings up so each time it comes around it's definitely something that I think everyone at our level should be going full tilt at to have the best run possible because like I say you know football's full of lots of lows and you know not so many highs and if you can create some highs in a competition like this and it stays with you forever now you're having a pretty good start to the season you're unbeaten so far apart from a penalty shootout so things are going pretty well up there yeah you know we're it's, it's an ambitious club um you know all the the talking fans that come up on saturday will see what a great setup it is um mm-hmm. and the potential that it has to to go you know at least probably two maybe even three leagues higher than, than where we are so um, you know, it's taken a little while, I think, for the club to get things right on and off the pitch. Um, so far this year, you know, it's looking good on the pitch. The, the group we put together is uh, is a very strong one, um, and yeah, you know, it's been it's been really positive. You know, we, we you always hope for a good start because the season will always settle down after sort of ten to fifteen games, um, and if you're in a good position after that, then you know, it's it's then time to kick on, and, and that's where we find ourselves at the minute. You must be pretty pleased with the resilience of your team. I mean, it was a last-minute goal from Harry Baker. You're, um, we call it Gary time. It's uh, you keep going to the end. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's crucial. I think the the whole uh, football fitness thing and the mentality is is crucial in terms of you know playing till the to the final whistle. We had two in that week where uh, Baker scored. Um, two last-minute winners, one against Bashley in the league in the 99th minute, which really was a last-minute winner, um, and then obviously against Tiverton as well in the FA Cup. And so it's already happened a couple of times this season. It's you know that is so crucial for us to be able to make sure that as a group, you know, everybody's in it right to the final whistle. They're really long games this season, aren't they? Referees are adding an awful lot of time. Your teams have got to be pretty fit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it to to a large extent. I know there's been um, you know lots of conversation about whether it's, it's good for the players welfare and things especially um, in non-league level where you know players are also having to go to work the next day as well and they don't get a lovely recovery in an ice bath or um, you know a cryo chamber and things like that so yeah it does it obviously have even more strains for, for players at our level but um, hopefully it will settle down once people realise they can't waste time and, and things like that yeah. but still I'm still finding it a little bit subjective some referees are doing it a little bit more than than others, which um, can also be frustrating at times. But yeah, in theory, it's a, it's a good idea. But yeah, they still have to uh, be aware of what you know the rigors that players go through week in week out. So um, you've got a three G pitch up there. Um, happy playing on those. I mean, I know Torquay are playing on a lot of those this season. Yours um, sounds like a pretty good one. Uh, well, funny enough, you're the second person that said that to me because uh, we played Yeovil in pre-season and Chris yeah. Todd said to me that they weren't going to come up because of the 3G pitch and it's not actually a 3G pitch. Um, we have a 3G pitch next to our main pitch. Okay. Um, so the 3G pitch we train on and we've actually got a grass pitch uh, which is in fantastic condition. Um, I, I apologise, yeah, I didn't realise that. No, nah, that's all good. <laughs> that's all you like to say. You're not the only one who, who 
thought that. So, um, yeah, you know, we had the ground built for us, I think it was three or four years ago. Um, the first year the pitch took a bit of uh, bedding in and was probably played on a bit quick, so it wasn't mm-hmm. in the best of condition. But um, the last couple of years and this year especially, it's uh, it's looking fantastic. And, you know, we, uh, we are a team that likes to try and play a bit of football. So uh, it's important for us to be able to almost replicate what a, a 3G pitch would be like um, with grass, which... You know, is is the most difficult thing, but yeah, yeah it's uh, it's a fantastic, it's in fantastic condition. So it looks three G if that's any consolation. <laughs> and without doing any uh, scouting missions or anything like that, who's who's your player to watch? Who's the player that we need to look out for on uh, on Saturday? Oh, all of them. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely not giving any of those secrets away. Now I'm sure we could watch, but uh, but yeah, you know, that, that's I think we're only as strong as our weakest link. So, yeah. um, you know, last year, that's probably where we fell down a little bit. Whereas this year, yeah, there's great strength, great mentality and character throughout the group. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even wish to single any one of them out because on their day, they can all be match winners. Brilliant. And what's the fan experience going to be like for those coming up? It's a, it's a nice looking little stadium. Yeah. You know, like I say, it's, it's fairly new. Um, the, the guys who run it off the pitch are, you know, just so passionate about making sure that everything is, it's good for the whole season, not just for this game. And it's fantastic this game's come around now because, you know, we're hoping that with success, we, we bring in even bigger and bigger crowds as we as we grow as a town as well. So um, I know they're keen to make sure that the, the experience of Torquay fans is as, um, you know, as, as top drawer as possible. You know, I know that they put, make sure the parking is going to be as easy as possible and there's going to be an extra extra bar so that it's not going to be absolutely ramo in, in different you know, places to get a drink and there'll be toilets brought in. And yeah, no, I'm sure that they'll uh, get treated as, as well as possible uh, and that everybody will, will have a positive experience, you know, no matter the result. Brilliant. Looking forward to it, Tim. Have a good day on Saturday. Um, we'll, we'll give you a wave and um, let's hope it's a great game. Yeah, can't wait. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. All the best. So that was Tim Sills. It was. Plain more legend. Nice interview, uh, Guy. Nice Thank interview. you very much. Nice chap, Tim Sills. Always good yeah. to talk to. Um, uh, it, he'll have that team really well prepared, won't he, Dave, for, for that game on Saturday? He's, um, he's a promising young manager now, Tim. Do you know one thing I could never quite get my head around with Tim Sills? That... For a centre forward that I wouldn't like to play against, he was an awfully good-looking chap with precious few scars, and yet, <laughs> yeah. he, yet he inflicted a few in his day, didn't he? He was a proper um, in-your-face centre forward, wasn't he? He and, was. Uh, um, did very well for us, and he, he's he's obviously a brainy chap as well. Always was. Used to do quite high-faluting crosswords on the team coach on away trips, which <laughs> worried a few of his teammates. <laughs> Um, and uh, now he's gone on to uh, different careers. He's been a school teacher, um, PE teacher. He's now working in corporate stuff. And after a very good spell at Hamworthy United, where he took them to the quarters or semi-finals of the FA Vars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and promotion from the uh, in the Wessex League. He's now doing a similarly good job at Wimborne. So. We'll come back. Yes, to not an easy afternoon in store. No, I don't think, no, for absolutely. the goals, absolutely. And crosswords will come up again later in the podcast. Crosswords or crosswords? No, crossword puzzles ah. will come up. And the similarity, perhaps. Let's touch on it now. The similarity between the way Tim Sills used to treat the defenders who were marking him 
and the way Aaron Jarvis. I was just. I had that in my head yeah. ready to go. You beat me to it. They're very. They're not similar players. But no. The way they rough dark up a arts, defender. Dark yeah, hearts. Within the letter of the law, the way they yep. rough up defenders, I think is pretty similar. Because I've just said, um, you know, I opened my mouth too quickly about never saw too many scars, but of course, the famous mask yeah. of Zorro. Yeah. Um, was. Uh, uh, something we'll all all United fans will, will remember. He recovered from it pretty well. Pretty he did. Well. And of course, that, that that great afternoon at Wembley, um, a lot of people. The, the sort of backstory to that day was the fact that Tim could hardly walk at half time. No, that's um, right. And uh, how they got him out for the second half in condition to score that goal. Um, is one of the mysteries of um, United's medical department and the, and the dressing room at half time but he did I remember he walked into the press conference afterwards on crutches with a boot on yeah, uh, and didn't yeah. walk properly for about ten <laughs> days right. afterwards. So um, he'd done what he had yeah. to do. Though, it was quite he? a run to get to the position where he was going to meet that cross, wasn't it? As well, well? I, I think, uh, funny enough, uh, when Wayne Carlisle looked up, Benyon, Elliot Benyon, yeah. slipped the ball out to him. Wayne Carlisle looked up, expecting Tim to be slightly nearer the goal. Yeah, and that's why he had to wait and wait and wait before he delivered the cross. And Tim eventually got there. Um, <laughs> and of course, you know, everybody who saw it thought, "God, that was perfect timing, wasn't it?" I think yeah. the top and bottom was that Tim was struggling to get round the pitch at that particular stage. It was, and, um, and he took a moment to, to get there. Yeah, but, uh, he it, got there perfectly, and uh, the rest is history. It's one of those moments I wrote about it last week in the in the, in the column. But um, you know, it's it's etched into your mind, isn't it? I I was in the away end, just just basically where uh, when Carlisle had crossed from, and sort of quite close to the pitch, and I can see the whole thing in my head as if it was happening right in front of me now. Well, for as long as, you know, it's such an important game, isn't it? We all know what it's like to play and, and lose a playoff final and, and it's such a huge mm. match and, and the importance of the occasion and when it's 1-0 and it's so tense and so worrying, isn't it? And we all knew as soon as the ball hit the net that the game was over and we were yeah. back in the Football League and, and uh, you... you that that combination of factors of yep. of importance, excitement, history, um, you know, and the, and the uh, and obviously the splendour of the goal itself. Yeah, and absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we we still look back fondly on it. Sure, don't we? I, I might watch it again now. Guy's got guy's got his handkerchief out. He's filling up. I am <laughs> very emotional. Anyway, um, anyway, yeah, he's not playing now. No, so, um, he's not. He's, so. he's managing instead. Let's have a listen to what Gary Johnson had to say in the press yeah. conference today. Uh, interestingly, I think he plays it down a bit. Yeah. The whole game. Yeah, I think I think he does. I think yeah. he's, you know, it, it's yeah, it's not not the not the FA Cup, but the fact that no. we're playing this particular team. As the players start to arrive for training, you can hear the cars coming in. Let's have a listen to what Gary had to say in the press conference this morning, and we'll be back this time on the other side of Gary Johnson. So Gaffer, back-to-back home wins uh, against Farnborough and Chelmsford, perfect reaction after a defeat and exactly what you would wanted. And also the performances are starting to, to gel together now and uh, we're seeing them really dig in for these results, aren't we? Yeah, we're looking more like we're playing our game, that's for sure, and we've been searching for that for a, for a little while. Um, been unfortunate with certain injuries at certain times, so... You don't get the continuity, but uh, at the moment we have got the continuity and I'm 
I'm really pleased uh, with the way we're uh, we're playing. Um, certainly, the last two games at home um, has been uh, some very good performances by individuals as well as the team. Brett McGavin, of course, has had his critics, but in the last two home games, particularly, he's he's gone back to that player that you've said that you know is is in there, and and obviously that strike against Chelmsford, um, that's what Brett McGavin can do. Yeah, that well, that shows that he's happy um, in his football and in his body, and happy that uh, you know we, we we had to work with him for a couple of weeks just to get his confidence back, um, and as you say. It's back, and when you know when he's playing with confidence, then he is a very good player. But we've also you know, found a found a game that, that that sort of suits him as well. And sometimes you have to do a little bit of juggling with your team early on to get that perfect shape, perfect pattern, you know that sort of thing. And players need to be playing well. So once you get all eleven players on song then your game comes out. So it's, uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm pleased for him because you know, support was done great because they've given him a standing ovation both times that he, he came off towards the end. Um, so, you know, we've, we've, we've found the player. I always see those sort of things as new signings. They could have a bad game this week, who knows, you know what I mean? But at the moment, it's uh, you know, make hay while the sun shines. Break from the league this week then, as we enter into our first foray into the FA Cup this season. How important is it to get a cup run going to obviously help along with, with the league campaign as well? It's very important, you know, every every club uh, definitely needs a run in the cup. We have to get a run in the cup before we get a run in the cup, if you like. You know, we've got the uh, qualifying rounds, um, be nice to get into the first round proper. Um, you know, the draw um, was okay. You're not playing anybody in your own league. Um, that never feels like a cup game, but you either want a big team or a, uh, or a smaller team. And you run the risk in both of them of, of going out of the cup. So you've got to make sure <clears throat> that you're ready for both scenarios. And, uh, you know, as I say, the boys have got to play with a bit of confidence, they're enjoying themselves, they look like they're enjoying the training, they're enjoying this club at this minute and we, we want to keep that feeling going and then go as far as we can in this uh, very prestigious and important financial uh, competition. Of course, trip to Dorset this weekend with Wimborne Town. Um, as we were aware in the cups, there's banana skins, there's giant killings, there's things like that. What do you know and, and what are you expecting from Wimborne? We know as much as we can know. Um, you know they're not on the TV every week and you know, a lot of their uh, games are highlights. But um, we definitely won't take any team lightly. You can't because you know, that would be uh, poor practice. So. We've got to take them for what it is. They've, they've done well in their league, uh, second in the league. Um, and from the intel that we, we've got and we get, um, you know, we, we, we know that we, we're not going to turn up and have a jolly up. You know, we've got to be uh, 
ready for not being the banana skin, if you like, or them not being our banana skin. Um, and we want to progress to the next round as they do. So um, at the moment, because we're playing well, I sort of, you know, you're, you're looking forward to, a, to every game. So it's, uh, but, you know, we, we've got a squad of players, we haven't picked a team yet. But, uh, you know, when we do, it'll be a team to win the game. Uh, Gary, congratulations. I think you just celebrated your fifth anniversary here. Um, to what extent do you get involved with the history of the club and that sort of thing? Because you're coming up against a bit of a club legend this uh, this weekend in uh, Tim Sills, who was part of the golden era the last time the girls had a really good spell. He's the biggest legend, Andrew. Uh, Andrew? Aaron He's the biggest uh, legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah behind Aaron. one of them as well, yeah. yeah. And does it mean, what, what do you think, um, what does it mean to be matching your wits against somebody who's perhaps, you know, less experienced than you? Um, I don't think I ever particularly think about that, you know, it's, you, you, you want everybody to progress in their, in their, in their work, as it were. Um, I don't know Tim Stills, um, I've only, I think, I've had the odd conversation uh, once or twice, but uh, certainly don't ring him up every week, and he don't me, you know, so there's, there's no need to. But his team's doing well at the moment. His team did well um, at Hamworthy when he was there before. So, uh, again, you know, you, you, you get a group of fellas together to play for you, and uh, they look like they're playing for him. Um, and we've got to just you know, be aware of their best game and not play our worst game. Uh, so that's that's all you can say, really. But, um, yeah, it's always... You, you, you watch these sort of young managers, if you like, if that's what you mean. He's, I don't know if he's young, young, or just, um, you know, he's starting off in the game, as it were, in the management. But um, he, was, he was a good player. I remember him. And my team's played against him quite a few times. So it's... Uh, but we won't, you know, that... We won't make that as a as a major thing of the day. Uh, absolutely, and of course he scored the winning goal at Wembley the last time the goals went back into the football league, and of course that's ultimately the goal these days, isn't it? Yeah, I know, I know you obviously got a couple of leagues to go through, but yeah, um, what was that? Say that again. The ultimate goal for Torquay is to get back into the football league. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, um, exactly, and and that's what we're trying very hard to do. We got there once, you know that, under my five years, but people forget that year, I think. Um, I bet the ref ain't forgotten it, because <laughs> I won't let him. So, um, so that, but the, yeah, that was a, a massive season for us in that five-year uh, period. Um, but our aim is still from top to bottom to get back into the Football League as, as soon as we can. Now, we, we had a step forward and then nearly two steps forward. Then we had a step back, and we all you know, know some of the reasons why those things happen. Um, but still very much in our thoughts are the league games when we play them. But obviously when you get into the FA Cup, uh, then your whole uh, effort has got to be with the next qualifying round in mind. And that's, you know, you, you've got to focus on the competition that you, you're in on the day. Injury-wise, how are you looking? Any? Injuries. Injuries, sorry. 
Um, no, I'm all right. Knees are old now, and everything. Um, we, we got a few little knocks, as you would do, because of the, um, uh, the, the number of games and the number of minutes that we've been playing. You know, I'm one of those managers that's you know, still trying to get us to have you know, five, uh, five players from seven of yourself, seven subs, five players, because of the amount of games. You look through all the teams at the moment, everybody's got injuries, everybody. Um, and it, when you're playing these extra, extra minutes, it does add up over, a, you know, if you're playing like a Saturday and Tuesday and you're playing an extra half an hour, for instance, more than that sometimes, then it will you know, affect people's fitnesses. So, uh, so our injuries are sort of those types of injuries, which are fatigue injuries, you've got to give them a bit of a break, etc. But um, we're all right, we'll be going into this game um, pretty much as, as we have been. Uh, and it's just whether we decide to uh, make a couple of changes uh, because we feel that's what we should do, or keep it, keep the uh, equilibrium. Yeah. Good luck, thank you Gary. No problem, thanks. I had a quick chat with Tim Seals yesterday. He was saying that the FA Cup's been good to him over the years, loves the competition, thinks how special the FA Cup is. Do you feel the same about it? I know it gets devalued yeah. a little bit these days. Yeah, well, I, I've had some big games. I mean, obviously at Yeovil, we had some FA, good big FA Cup games and Cup games, and I think Yeovil were the team, not just with me, but over the years, that are one of the biggest upset teams that have upset the most league clubs as a non-league club. So. We had a reputation to keep there, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, I love the FA Cup. Always have done because of uh, experiences that I've had and um, and successes we've had and defeats that kill you sometimes. You know what I mean? They're defeats yeah. that sort of really great you when it, when the game finishes. But uh, because then. then Often the next round somebody gets Man City or something on Man United, you know what I mean? And you go, ah, oh, you know. Yeah. So, um, but we're not at that round yet, so we've got to make sure that uh, we, we, we pick up wins from each of these qualifying rounds, get in the first round proper. And we all know how we enjoyed the Derby game at home last season. And, uh, you know, that was a great experience for the football club. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's the FA Cup for you, you know, everyone's waiting for the for the big fish when they when they come round and Fleetwood would be a nice one. So. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? It's got to be on the telly, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> got to be on our telly anyway. <laughs> um, getting back to your fifth birthday, many, many happy re returns. No, well. When you, obviously Aaron's been with you uh, all through the, mm. the journey here yeah. uh, and you came in you know, those five years ago, you hadn't long left Cheltenham. Mm -hmm. Did you ever think then that you would be here, still here in five years' time? Or in your <coughs> mind, was it, uh, you've often talked about the project and the journey that you yeah. were hoping to take the club on. Um, yeah, you, when, when you join a club, you're not thinking, well, I'll be here for a couple of years, then I'll move on. You know, you, you, you just take it as it comes. Me and Dowdy, we're sort of pretty loyal people, um, you know, as, as you can see from 
and the years were Cheltenham and the years I was at uh, Yeovil and Bristol City, you know, I'm not sort of like a one year wonder. Yeah. Uh, this is the longest time you've ever been a manager? Of yeah, the, but yeah, I think the, the others were five years, but this is the longest as in five years and... Uh, one day. One day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, the others were four. <laughs> 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 good job he's with me. <laughs> The others were like four years and yes. four and a half years, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah 64 days. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we, listen, we, we enjoy our job. We enjoy the job that we do. We see potential. Um, unfortunately, we're not at Man City or Man United where you, know, you can build with the best players in the world. Uh, so, but you have to have, try and get the best players at the level and, and build from that and uh, we, we, we've enjoyed it I know you, you, you get a bit of stick along the way sometimes um, you try and appease people by having meetings and saying why you've done certain things you know but you're always there to be shot at but um, uh, we, we like the club um, and we want this club to improve and that's what we that's what we do and we've had our fun, really, you know, and we want it again. We got our promotion, we got to the playoff final, uh, we've brought through some talented players that we've now lost, of course, because they are talented players. I think there's four at, at Wimbledon, you know, we've mentioned that before. So, um, yeah, so we, we, we're, as, we're as excited now um, and as, as we we ever have have been, if you know what I mean, you know. So, and as keen now, so it's not nothing gets you down now but nowadays because you you know that you're doing your best. And uh, you, you know, when when you've had a couple of games like we have had at home with the support with the support of our supporters, two good results, you've gone up the table pretty quick with a six out of seven wins. In any late league, that's not lucky. You know, you have to work to that, and uh, you know we're working towards getting getting uh, the next promotion, and uh, we'll do everything we can to get this football club and us back into the national league and beyond. So good to have a chat with the gaffer this morning. Five years five old. Five years. Five. Yeah, you wished him happy birthday, Dave. <laughs> Five well, years. His, his, his 68th birthday is in another 10 days' time. Okay. So, um, I, I wasn't planning to get it in that early. But, um, yeah, the third longest serving manager in Talking United's history. Um, is that right? Yes. That right? Yeah. Good I, I knowledge. I, I, Behind. Uh, Eric Weber and Frank Brown in the 1930s. Was really? Six years is that ago. right? Eric we're not Weber. we're not adding up a Farrell's three appearances as many. There you are. No, no. In, in one particular go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I well, didn't well, realise that, Dave. That's that's interesting. I yeah. had not realised that. Um, so he, it, it's it's you know let's face it he he'd just been sacked mm. by Cheltenham before he came here uh, only a matter of a few months no I think it was less than that it was a few weeks wasn't it mm. before he came here and Aaron Downs followed him pretty quickly and Andrew uh, Andrew Downs Andrew Downs and, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and I, you know you think five years on it, it's 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 
as always, when you're covering or supporting Torquay, it's ne- there's never a dull moment, no, is there? No, you're right. And there hasn't been. He, he's been he's been that kind of manager. Um, the, the the we've had some terrific times. The only sadness, of course, is at the moment we're in the wrong division. Yeah. And uh, he yeah. knows that better than anybody. And as he said in his interview today, he's still as desperate to get United get United back in the Football League. Obviously, that's two divisions away now. Um, as he was the first day he walked in the place. Yeah, absolutely. So, let's have a chat about the Chelmsford game before we move on to preview the Cup. Um, good performance, I thought that was. I thought Chelmsford came... They were... I was going to say a niggly team, but there was a lot of gamesmanship. There were a lot of dark arts went on in that game. I think Torquay are going to have to get used to playing teams like Chelmsford this season, don't you? Yeah, I I mean, it it was the kind of game there was a lot... A lot went on after A lot went... Yeah, yeah. They were a bit angry, weren't they? I think both teams knew uh, or suspected how important the game was. I think Chelmsford know and think that Torquay are going to be up there. Gary Johnson is already on record as saying he thinks Chelmsford are going to be up there. So there was quite a lot at stake. And uh, I think both teams approached it like that and played the game like that. And when Chelmsford equalised, um, if the game had finished at that point, at one all, I don't think we'd have seen the the scenes that we saw at the end of the game with the pushing and shoving. Mm. The fact that United then won it in stoppage time really flawed them and the way that and, and, and the, the way it happened yeah. um you know it, it was uh, i think you know united played well and they have played well in the last two home games against farnborough yeah uh, i th- yeah. i i quite like the look of farnborough i i don't think they deserve to lose 3-0 uh, i'm not saying united didn't deserve to win uh, probably by a couple but i thought 3-0 was a little bit harsh on farnborough mm. on the night Talking yeah. definitely did united definitely deserved to win i'm not, not and they've played well now in the last couple of games since Avely, and a big factor of it is, which we touched, they were touched on in the press conference, was slotting Gary um, uh, Brett McGavin into this role just in front of the back four, yeah. uh, where he can get on the ball and dictate play mm. slightly out of the hurly burly of the middle of midfield, um, where also Tom Lapsley and Will Jenkins Davies are doing. And I think Will job. Jenkins Davies has done a fantastic job since he's, really well since he's been in that yeah. that role. Yeah. Um, and it, and having that middle three has is, is, is made a uh, uh, yeah, made quite a big, big difference, really. Yes, and and I just think that that you know, McGavin is now in this situation. He we've all know, we've always known since he walked in the place he could pass the ball. Yeah. But, you know. He's he's now proved in this in the last couple of games in that role. Now we've got to see, and he's yep. you know, he's on this journey now. Can he make himself into a a real all-round, all-purpose midfield player? His, his awareness because, because every single manager that he ever plays for is not going to stick him in front of that back four no. and say, "You get back there, take your time, mate, pass the ball around, uh, come forward and get on the end of a volley like that every now and again." It isn't that would the, you know the world would be wonderfully simple if that was the case. Yeah, he he, he isn't. It, it's going to be very interesting to see now how he develops as an important midfield player for Torquay over the next few months. His awareness when he's when he receives the ball seems to be improved. I don't know if you noticed that, but I think he it's seems always to be, been yeah, there, Rich. It's just not been quick enough to exactly, deal with the situation. It's always been there. It's just that his decision making and oh, um, good and, and his his actions 
sometimes haven't matched the quickness of his thought. Yeah. And and uh, um, it's 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 going to be really fascinating. He's a very very talented player. Um, the, oh. goal, the goalie scored. You know, the goalie scored. We haven't talked about the goalie yet. <laughs> was was and Gary was very quick to say afterwards that anybody that does that and takes the ball that high first time because it was hip high the volley oh. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He had to readjust and, his body. And yep. what he said and means to score. Yeah, is has got something a bit special rather than and, just and meaning and to try and shoot and get something off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he as, as the ball was dropping to him. I think we're we're all pretty certain that he thought to himself, "I can stick this in the back of the net." Yeah, and, um, it's and, and a, it's it duly did. Fabulous, fabulous goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've watched that video uh, as <laughs> I say in this week's column. I've watched it over and over again. Uh, the the uninterested wife at the breakfast table has watched it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. The bloke in the pubs it's, watched it's, it's it when he was talking about it yesterday. And um, uh, and and it, and, it, and it sort of it encapsulated his performance. Yeah, really. yeah. and and you know, but you, you never. You know, football and sport and everything is all about never being satisfied with what you've just done. That's the key to, to, mm, to everything in sport. And you know, he he has got the talent and the ability to to make to be even better than what we've we sort we've seen in the last two home games. And fingers crossed that he can go on and do it. Because I remember you saying at the beginning of last season, Dave, we were talking about the players that had been signed, the players that had come in, and we actually met Brett here when Brett came he came in a couple of weeks after some of the other players and I remember you saying at the time a lot of what we do this season depends on keeping Brett McGavin fit and it for one for whatever reason it didn't quite work out last season but I think that is doubly true this season I think you're absolutely right if they can keep him in that position he's playing in now keep him fit and keep him confident I think he could be the key to um, to yeah. the success of the season. I think one of the phrases that Gary Johnson used, not the su- not the summer just gone, but the previous summer, was that he he he, he thought and hoped that he'd man- that he'd managed to sign two or three players with a, a touch of was it stardust? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, players uh, who could become marquee signings. Marquee, what he all, said. That, all yeah. those yeah. phrases, yeah, yeah, and yeah. obviously Brett McGovern fell into that bracket. And I think right from the word go. Because of what he'd done at Kings Lynn the previous year, he'd been had a really good season with them. Everybody mm-hmm. rated him. Quite a few clubs after him, and I think he felt as if he had to get out there and get on the ball and dictate the play and pick all the good passes, etc., et yeah. which was a perfectly understandable thing to try and do. But it's easier said than done, and he ended up actually slowing the play down sometimes yes yeah. you know uh, uh, not moving the ball as quickly as as he could or should have done and we've all seen this season um uh, you know let's face it he scored he scored the winner at Halifax in the second he game did. of the yeah. season yeah. um etc 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 but he he ended up as a you know playing bit parts really didn't he last season mm. and he has this season as well Gary Gary's taken him out of the team mm. and has just been sending him on as a sub and uh, but you know we've all seen in the last couple of games. Don't want to repeat ourselves. That is, is, it's just now. Can he go on and Project become that McGavin. real yeah. dominant yeah. force in midfield? Yeah. Um, and uh, if he does, then I think the sky is the limit for the team this season in terms of the league and you know and him personally. One of the interesting things about that goal, which I think has been missed, is we've been pretty pretty ropey on the old set pieces, the corners this season. Not a lot's come from it. And yet that was a different corner completely. It was a short corner, um, crossed in from a different angle, which they had to clear. Ball popped out to the McGavin and the rest is history. Mm. But, it, but, it, but it was interesting that it came from a different corner. Yeah, yeah. 
Still didn't get the first header in the box. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, kind of everything. But no, it, yeah. kind of everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, if anybody is planning on doing the Guardian crossword today, they put your fingers in your ears because there's a spoiler coming. One of the answers is the word Schadenfreude. Okay. Which is a German word which means taking delight in the misfortunes of so, others. Yeah. And there was a touch of that about that own goal that won the game Wasn't for there? us on Saturday. He had a good game that, that Samir Carruthers, well. he did have a good yeah. game, but he was also a constant presence in the referee's ear yeah. all afternoon. Yeah. Um, you know, he was the, he's the guy with the shrugged shoulders every time the, there's something goes against them. Um, and there, there was just that moment where he thought, if anybody is going to nod the ball into the far corner past his own goalkeeper, it's going to be Shamir Carruthers. Yeah, it was it was it was an odd one, wasn't it? Because in some ways the free kick fell a bit shorter than it should have done, and mm. and you know he misjudged that header completely and put it past the goalkeeper. So he was distraught. Yeah. As well, well I'm just he? about to say your your question for today is to the nearest five seconds how long did he lie with his face in the, <laughs> yeah. in the grass yeah. without moving no, after was, the goal I thought he was injured for a minute yeah. actually I thought he'd taken a knock but um, the talkie yeah. players didn't really know how to celebrate either because they all ran in different directions because uh, yeah. I think poor uh, poor Will, Will uh, Jenkins Davis was sort of standing there he's walking past now he's just walking yeah. the ground um, yeah standing there waiting to be celebrated and all the players ran off in other directions yeah exactly yeah yeah it, it was way, it was a release wasn't it oh, rather than, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah and and uh, Wilkins Jenkins Davis just walked into training this morning uh, I know this I mean I'm on slightly dodgy territory here Ooh. another young Plymouth Argyle midfielder arriving at 19 years old does he have it in him to be the next Adam Randall do you think? well I, I use the term uh, he's no Adam Randall after the first couple of games but now I'm holding my yeah I'm holding my this is new territory yeah. for him he's only just started at well Adam Randall, Randall wasn't Adam Randall when he first turned up absolutely either. <laughs> you have to remember that but um He's a good uh, young pro, though, isn't he? Yeah. He knows what to do. He does. He, he makes fits into this new shape in the middle. That's the territory yeah. he's in, yeah. and, and he works his proverbials off. And um, I think he's getting better and better with every game. And, yeah, and playing, you can see, is improving his confidence and his um, yeah. yeah his his game. Now, before we move on to the Wimborne game. Uh, there was another event at Plainmore on Sunday, wasn't there, that you were at, Dave? I did. Tell yes. us a bit more about that. An afternoon for Holmesy. Um, I think uh, most United fans are aware now that um, Paul Holmes, um, very, very talented right-back, mm -hmm. uh, Cyril Knowles signed from Doncaster Rovers, along with Sean Joyce, uh, and there were some very funny stories about that, um, has got not a very good cancer diagnosis at the moment. Um, but he and his family are being extraordinarily upbeat and positive about it all and the club put on an afternoon for him uh, on Sunday and you know when you go along to something you know I've known Paul Holmes for 30 odd years yeah. whatever it is and you, you 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 know you're so worried for him but and you you worry about going along to occasions like that oh how's it going to go it was absolutely terrific and Paul and his family uh, the people who organised it, uh, Sharon Musker and Russell, who was who took uh, took the microphone a fair bit, and everybody who organised it deserves a, a huge amount of credit for what an upbeat and very enjoyable afternoon it was. Um, a lot of people committed themselves 
Darren Moore drove down from London in on the morning of the event. I know he had a chance to drop in and see the in-laws in Paynton as well, but um, people really committed to it. There was a lot of people, plenty of people couldn't come and sent video messages. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was a, a really good afternoon, some terrific stories coming out during the course of the afternoon, on the mic and off the mic. Yeah, I was going to say, unrepeatable, many of no, them. No, many of them were repeated, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Sean Joyce, very funny indeed, about um, uh, uh, when uh, Paul was the, was the first player that Cyril signed in the summer of 88, uh, for, of the two of them. Uh, and he'd actually seen, uh, Sean said, he'd actually seen Sean play in a game up in London at the, towards the end of the season. And w Paul Holmes did sign, paid 6,000 quid for him. And he said, well, why don't you... They, they were joined at the hip and always have been huge friends. And he said, well, come down to Torquay. You know, you, you never know. I can't, I'll, 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 I'll see if I can get a move for you down to Torquay. <laughs> so he duly comes down with his best mate and they... You know, share a room together in a, and I think even a bed together for uh, in in a, in a hotel. Turns up for training, and <laughs> Cyril says, "Who are you?" <laughs> and Sean says, "Well, I'm Sean Joyce. I, you 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 watch me." And he said, "Never never heard of you. Never seen you." <laughs> and completely blanked him. And he said, "Well, you can join in training if you like." Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll give you. You know, you can you can stay for a week. And at the end of the week, uh, calls him in and he said, well, I quite like what I've seen. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a deal and offered him a certain amount of money, which is considerably less than what Paul, Paul Holmes, his best mate, was on. And Sean turned around and said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not accepting that. I said, put me on the same as Holmesy's on and I'll come. And so, what? And it was quite a lot more. And eventually, yeah. eventually he relented and said, yeah, OK. So uh, in the end, uh, the two of them did sign, and uh, both on the same money, uh, which people, I'm not going to say how much it was, but people will raise their eyebrows now. We're talking 88, of course, Yeah. how, yeah. Li how literal it was mm. uh, by today's standards. But um, and Great. for both of them, I think they've you know, felt it was the best thing they'd ever done and still do. Uh, Paul went on, of course, had a fantastic career, oh, yeah. went on Birmingham, Everton and West Brom before he eventually came back to us. Yeah. Um, he's worked for the NHS for the last few years at Torbay Hospital um, and uh, you know it, it was a, a great afternoon uh, his family are being very positive there's a yeah. grandchild expected in January so um, uh, it was a real good afternoon and a lot of people deserve much credit for the, for the way it went glad it went so well good stuff. Yeah. that's good very good thanks Dave right onwards and upwards to Saturday the uh, trip to Wimborne we never played him before they're third in Southern League Division 1 at the moment. Unbeaten? They're unbeaten. The only game they've lost was the uh, an FA Trophy... FA Trophy or FA Vars? It was FA Trophy. Trophy, trophy game um, at Exmouth. The clash of ex-Torquay teammates. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. If, so if a penalty been... shootout defeat is a, is a defeat, I, n I never feel that it quite is, really, isn't it? It was a three-all draw, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Penalties. Kevin Hill won the, 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 the derby of the, yeah. the ex-Torquay players. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're in the same league now as Biddeford, Tavistock, Willand, Exmouth, Mausel are top of that league. They are. They're doing very well. They're only one league below Poole, Tiverton, Plymouth Parkway, and then only one further league up to us. That's, yep, that's where that's we are close. now. 
Um, but it's, it's going to be tough, isn't it? I mean, yeah. they've got some decent players. I tried to um, tried to get Tim Sills to tell us who the players to watch were, but of course he wouldn't tell us. No, not interested. Gary and Aaron will have had a good look at Wimborne. Yep. Uh, as Gary says, they're not on TV every week, so it's not, <laughs> not always easy to... Nor are we, see. to be fair. No, that's true. <laughs> um, I, think, I think these those cup ties are all about how you start. Yeah. The first 10-15 minutes are absolutely crucial. Yeah. If you don't do not start well, mm-hmm. and they get into it feeds you, them energy, doesn't and it? And you you have to set the old football aside. I'm afraid for <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes, it's phys- it'll be physical. There'll be a lot of running going on. There'll be no space. Every 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 yard will be closed down, or that's how it will feel. And you have to impose yourself physically and yeah. in every other way in those first 10 or 15 minutes and if you do that usually the afternoon goes goes okay if you don't we all know yeah. what the uh, score first happen. yeah score we've first we've had a thing, couple of dodgy early games in the FA Cup in recent years haven't we where the results have not been what we w- would have expected telling me indeed yeah, yeah. I think obviously that, that, that year that when we're going back to Gary's first year where we had that cup run of Limington and Winchester City we had a really good run of beating teams those type of teams yeah. um, eventually lost to Woking I think didn't we at home I think we did point. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, third round against Woking or yeah. something. you get to the third round and you draw Woking yeah, it's just something like that. Anyway, <laughs> disappointing and isn't it, was, it? Uh, but you know you, 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 you really you know I remember those I can remember going to those games at Limington and, and Brightling Sea region out in the far depths of Essex mm-hmm. and they were testing afternoons yeah. for a long time and then you know you, you have to not wilt and not crack yeah. when it get, all gets a bit nasty and a bit um, you know elbows in faces and, and the ref under a lot of pressure and then eventually hopefully your fitness and your quality comes out and you end up doing the job but, Ga- Gary um, used an interesting term oh. I've heard it before, but in the context of this game, it'll be a team that he picks to win it, which mm. doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to make changes. No, no, no. I, do, I don't think he's got a huge... No, he hasn't got um, a, a lot of options, to A be lot fair. of options. Interesting, Dylan De Silva didn't make the bench last no. Saturday. Obviously, Lewis Collins was fit, and they yeah. they appeared to go for Lewis Collins over Dylan De Silva, which I don't suppose cheered Dylan De Silva up much. He, but, was, um, um, he was sat up in the family stand. Was he? Dylan, yeah, with um, a couple of the other players so, who weren't involved. Uh, you know, and, and of course, I'm not... Dylan Crow, I think, is fit at the moment. He is, and, yeah. And he, he's good. He, Gary said last week he's just been unlucky. Yeah, he, he's he's not. And so there are a couple of possibilities there. Um, and of course, I th- are you allowed some extra subs in the cup? I think you are. Oh, yeah. you might I have think, a point. I think, yeah, I think you can have, that lad walking past us I, might. I think well, you can have seven. Will yeah. Southampton want Luke Pearce to be cup tied? Good question. Good, very good yeah, question. Not we that. forgot to ask that. Um, uh, and will Plymouth want Will Jenkins Davis to be cup tied? Uh, that's oh, one of the calls yeah. I've been making later on today. Yeah, yeah. Well done. I do. I, that's just occurred to me there. Yeah, but you know, those are the only two players we have on loan at the moment, which yeah. is quite yes. unusual for us. At yes, we normally got eighteen. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but as part of the research for this, of course, I did have a look at Chalky against Yeovil in the first round of the cup in on the eleventh November two thousand and seven. Uh, when Gary Johnson was manager of Yeovil, yeah. Tim Sills was playing for Torquay. Yeah. And Torquay won four one. 
Right. Play we ball. were in the Blue Square Premier at the time. They were in League One. Cameras there. Cameras there. They did that excruciating faulty towers mock-up thing yeah. off the starter. Yeah. And Mark Lawrence said, well, Chalky, they've gone as, as low as they can go. <laughs> little did he know that we had slightly lower to go uh, after that. But Tim Sills didn't score in that game. He was involved in, in one of the goals, but uh, two goals for Chris Todd and two for Danny Stevens. Danny Stevens. And Torquay win the game 4 1. It's there on it YouTube if you want to have a look. It was a good run. Was that the year we lost to Brighton in the end, or did we go on and play Coventry at Playmore that year? I think oh, that I was the year remember. we lost to Coventry 1 0. I can't Playmore. remember. It was a good run. I think we beat Bath. Um. You have the advantage on me, Dave. Somebody else. My research is missing. Did we draw with Coventry up there? No. 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 We lost 1-0. It was a very good game at Playmore. Very tight. Um, And a lad called Elliot Ward scored the winner very late on. Oh, I remember him. Um, And uh, it was a... a, uh, um, Kevin Nicholson, who obviously was never the quickest left-back in the world, played against one of the fastest right-wingers in the league, a lad called Mifsud. Yeah, he played him absolutely beautifully. Everybody expected it to be a long old afternoon for Kevin, but he he did a he did a great job on him. And United were very unlucky to 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 lose that game one 0 So the magic of the cup, some of the great ties to look forward to. Actually, I'm not sure which game the BBC are showing. The BBC are showing a game. They are in every round. Aren't uh, they? It's on the red button and on the iPlayer, and I did see what it was, but I it's can't remember. Us, but it? it's not us. Okay, is it a West Country game? No, I don't think so. Okay. The game, I mean, games that caught the eye. Merthyr against Taunton. Dilem yeah. for Merthyr against Taunton Town. Western Supermare against Truro. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Well, of course, that's, uh, those were the, the top two teams in... Or top two. The two, two teams that went up from the Southern League Division, Premier Division last season. So, so they'll, 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 they have history. Uh, Yeovil are at home to AFC Stoneham. I'm not sure where they're from. Not sure. Well, look. Are they, I hope. Uh, I, I hope. Yeah, I hope their uh, <laughs> nicknames the crows. <laughs> <laughs> Plymouth Parkway, who I saw in action at Brixham on Tuesday night, they're yep. at home to Froome. Mouser are at home. Is it Froome or is it Frome? Froome, isn't it? Is it, is it Froome? What do you say, Dave? Richard, for goodness' sake. It's oh. Froome. It's, it's got to be Froome. Uh, Plymouth Parkway, by the way, beat uh, Brixham in the St Luke's Devon Bowl on Tuesday night in a penalty shootout. Yeah. It was a one-all draw. Aaron Wellington, the scorer for Brixham. Uh, uh, nine of the ten penalties were scored. And I, I won't tell you who blazed his penalty over the bar. Danny Gaze. To spare Danny Gaze's <laughs> But, um, yeah. And on Sunday, our adopted London team, Wingate and Finchley, are at home to Farnborough. Your adopted London yeah, team. my adopted yeah, London yeah. team. They're at home to Farnborough in the Cup. So... We love the best memories of the FA Cup. Dave, as a Norwich fan, you have great memories of many, many years ago of the FA Cup. Uh, Norwich, yes, reaching the semi-finals of the FA Cup as a third division team, a League, when, a, a league One team. You were just a small child then, I, I, was, I was eight or nine um, yeah. and managed to get to one of the ties, most exciting thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, outside family in yeah. that, in, uh, in uh, in my life, I think, or one of them. Uh, no, we can all think of stuff, can't we? But um, no, that, that, that really, I, th- I think, looking back, that was almost how I fell in love with, you know, f- football. Well, football. Well, it would yeah. do for an eight, nine-year-old. The FA Cup does. Do you know what my biggest? Be going to Carrow Road with thirty-eight thousand. Yeah. Do you know what my biggest memory of Carrow Road is? 
is Torquay versus Norwich in the FA Cup in 1995. Uh, League Cup. Is it the yeah, League, League Cup? Cup. Was yeah. it? Oh, I knew yeah. I'd stumble on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I lived yeah. in Norwich that year. Yeah. Yeah. So I was living in Norwich and the draw came through. Yeah. And it was like, yes. Days, yeah. We drew at Plainmore, first of all. Yeah. And then that was the replay yeah, we and we lost 4-0, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I watched the Playmore game <clears throat> in the bar of Anglia TV <laughs> because um, someone I, who drank in my local pub worked in Anglia TV and he set up the, he set up the, the feed to be put into the bar. So we went up there Good and watched man. it. Yeah. Good man. No commentary, just the, just the pictures. It was great. Been to FA Cup finals? Been to an FA Cup final, Dave? You must have been to an FA Cup uh, final. No. No? I've never been no, to, never an, been FA to an FA, FA Cup final. Never had never re- to, no, it's yeah, never really bothered yeah, me either. No, I no. mean, the FA Cup day, um, the build-up has, has changed but, a bit. Know, we used to enjoy that. But we've yeah. had some great day, to, you know, cup, cup ties at the Torquay. I remember a fantastic game between Sheffield and Torquay against Sheffield yes. Wednesday. Was there? Yep. Yeah. Um, at Plainmore. Um, I was I also at... I wasn't at the Spurs... Three all all game. Oh, I, I, I didn't make that one. I was um, at Sheffield Wednesday as well. That was probably League Cup as well, was it? Yeah, I'm probably going down. Yeah. <laughs> no, we played enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I a, a great cup tie at Coventry. Yeah. Uh, once in on the yeah. beach at Coventry. That was in a such a good conditions. game. I was there as well. Was, match, in those days, it? we went everywhere. So it Cor- was great. Cor- Dave Caldwell terrorised the yeah. uh, the the, uh, the Coventry defence, and we, we lost two 0 with a dodgy penalty and a handball and a handball goal. Um, but yeah, we've all got good oh, memories. Uh, Torquay oh. haven't had as many great cup no. days over recent memory as they probably mm. as we'd all like, you know. But um, I went to the 1983 FA Cup final. Did you? Because a chap, another chap who I actually saw on Tuesday night, John Charles, who runs Brixall, ran Brixham Grasshoppers. Yep. The youth team in Brixham, through which Mark Loram, Mark Jennard, a whole generation of, of yep. great players played for John at Brixham Grasshoppers. And I knew John's son very well back in 83 and John came around in the rotor for tickets. He had a couple of FA Cup final tickets because back in the day, the the Devon FA and the the FAs used to give tickets on a kind of a rotor basis to people and he didn't want to go. So Shane and I went, uh, went to watch Manchester United play Brighton. I remember that. Uh, Steve Foster. There's a draw. Yeah, we thought. Be, Is that the uh, Gordon Smith must score? (laughs) And Smith (laughs) must score. Yeah, Yeah. And he didn't. No. Uh, we thought being uh, skinflints, we decided that we were going to try and save a bit of money by walking from Paddington to Wembley. Oh. Which now, in the day of days of Google, I can see it's six miles. It's yeah. pretty direct. I've done it, it would once. Have taken, would have taken us an hour and a half. Uh, we got hopelessly lost somewhere between Little Venice and... Um, yeah, you would have done. Whatever, and ended up on the tube anyway. But, uh, yeah, FA Cup 83. Brilliant. Old Wembley. In amongst the Manchester United fans behind one of the goals, um, Old Wembley in all its horrible, unidentified liquids pouring down the terraces from the back, jostling, pushing and shoving, but great, great great I don't want to make you feel old guy, but I would have been 12 at the time. (laughs) And uh, that that is a really good age for for FA Cup finals. It's a big thing at that age, and I remember that one very well. I think it's difficult for fans nowadays to to, to realise that for a long, long time, and we're talk, probably talking right through until the s- late 60s, maybe 70s, the FA Cup final was the most important match of the season. Yeah. It was more yeah. important than who won the first division, the old first division yeah. championship. And it was only when the Euro- European competition came in, yeah. when obviously 
uh, you know, the late in the late sort of for British clubs in the late sixties. Obviously, it, it existed before then, but British clubs really started to commit themselves to Europe, like Man United. Um, that you know, who won the first division was as important as the FA Cup. It, it was it was the biggest game of the year, yeah. and and who, whoever won the FA Cup, almost no matter where they finished in the in the in the first division, or uh, was was they were remembered forever. Well, you remember cup winners more than you remember champions, don't you? you yeah. You know, you remember the Sunderlands. There, there, I suppose yeah. there is another reason for that being that, that before Sky Sports came along, um, it was one of the only live games that you could watch on, on telly in yeah, a season. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you'd have match of the day, sure, but <clears throat> but it was like the whole build-up to oh, that game was, was incredible. The 10 o'clock in the yeah, morning, didn't yeah. it? And, yeah. Um, uh, and carry on was, till final whistle. It was great stuff. And... Um, uh, and it's obviously it has been devalued. There's no point denying that. Um, it's uh, the top teams don't take it as seriously now uh, until it, they it, get to within until they get yeah. to the quarterfinals. Again. Yeah. Um, and of course, if you do draw a big club these days, you don't play the big a, players. You yeah. Don't, very often, you're not going to play the first. Yeah. Team. But um, still, that's their business. We can only take care of ours. And um, we love it. Sure, don't we? we love the cup. If you try to get through on Saturday, we'll all be tuned in on. Monday lunchtime, waiting for the draw. Absolutely. If it is on Monday lunchtime, it's normally it one o'clock on a yes, Monday. It might be yeah. some other time. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, so, and and if you want to go to Wimborne and you're still in two minds, there are still tickets available. The details are on the talkingunited.com, the official uh, club website. The travel club is going. There's a coach going up. You're going. I'm going on the coach. Um, so, if you want to go, you can go. Perfect. A couple of little bits of housekeeping. Any Thank you to uh, Julian, to Nathan's to mention this week. Nathan, okay. uh, Julian's been keeping an eye on uh, what's been going on. Uh, Nathan Blissett is playing for Stafford Rangers. Okay. Nathan Craig has set up a coaching academy in North Wales. Okay. I had a look at it online, but it's all in Welsh. Oh, is it? Uh, Peldroid being football, uh, but I couldn't get any further than that. Right. But okay. uh, Nathan Craig, the dead ball specialist, <clears throat> Everton, Torquay United... And uh, one of Guy's favourite ever players. Top player. I, I just thought I thought he had some. I mean, the delivery for corners and things like that. Nath, Nathan Craig. I just thought he was going to do much better than he did. He yeah. didn't quite gel with. Was it Martin Ling at the time? Martin was the manager. Um, yeah, he didn't quite uh, he, gel he, with he, him. He did put he? him in. Yeah, he, he actually yeah. he he stuck him in the side, um, uh, and it just never quite happened. Did no. It? Uh, there you go. Bit of a missed opportunity for, for Nathan and maybe for Torquay. But there you go, coaching in North Wales. Thank you, Dave, for joining us this week. Yep. Been a pleasure. Been great. The FA Cup we love. This is a long podcast. I can see from the amount of time that we've been chatting, plus Gary, plus Tim. So uh, if you've stuck with one. us this long. Well done. <laughs> and thank you very much. And we'll finish as we always do with an FA Cup special. Come, Come on, on, you, you yellows. yellows. Come on, you yellows. Flying high below the Wembley archway sky today Come on you yellows Full of pride buckle up